one of the things I love about this gospel today is this whole thought that when he approached the sheep, when he went in the sheepfold, Christ spoke and the sheep recognized his voice. It's a simple thing, but it got me to think about whether or not I recognize the voice, the voice of God. And how do I recognize the voice of God? And that's the first point I wanted to really talk about, is these sheep were able to recognize the voice of the shepherd because they grew up with him and they were nourished by him. They were taken care of. He was their guide, their source of food, their source of life, really. And so they got to recognize his voice. And so other shepherds would come and get other sheep in the sheepfold, and the other sheep would follow the other shepherd. These sheep would follow the voice of Christ. And how do I get to know what is the voice of God within me? How do I get to know what is the voice of uh, this shepherd, this good shepherd? It's a great question to reflect upon. And it brought forth uh, something I really wanted to share with you, and that is the word conscience. And the reason I wanted to share this with you is because it's something to meditate upon, really. Where is your conscience and uh, how has it grown? You know, in Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien paints Frodo as someone who is constantly listening to his conscience. He doesn't really have God speak directly. He doesn't. Rather, in God speaks through the conscience of Frodo the entire time. And God sends angels and people into his life to guide him. But in the end, his conscience is the one that drives him to pick up the ring. You know, remember the Council of Elrond? Where he wanted someone else to take the ring, and in the end, he sensed that he's the only one, and so he picked up the ring and went forth. Or it's the one that brings him up to the top of Mordor is listening to this conscience. Now, I like better the another analogy. I talked about Lord of the Rings a little bit, but Pinocchio, it's a great movie and it's a great story. I just read the book about a year ago and uh, saw the movie again with all the brothers maybe a couple years back. And I wanted to share something with you about that. It's a really profound movie. It's a very beautiful movie. And what happens with uh, Pinocchio is something that happens with us all. It tells us volumes about what is conscience and where we are to go. How do we begin to recognize this voice of the Good Shepherd? Pinocchio, not really being a real boy, he's made of wood. He's given a conscience by God or or other representatives there. I think it was through a fairy that gave him a conscience, and that would be Jiminy Cricket, if you remember. And Jiminy Cricket guides him throughout the story, but he stops listening to Jiminy Cricket. He becomes a very bad boy, and if you read the actual book, he comes with, becomes a really bad boy. And he basically deforms his conscience. He doesn't listen to the conscience, but more than that, he chooses sin. And in choosing sin repeatedly, he can no longer hear the voice of the conscience. He can't hear Jiminy Cricket anymore because he's become so deformed. And 
the great work of Pinocchio is to see that as he becomes deformed, he gets worse and worse until eventually he becomes a donkey. Well, all the other boys became donkeys. He becomes half. He becomes an ass, really. He becomes a donkey. And that's what sin does to us. It transforms us into the beast or the donkey or the ass. And Pinocchio really, in showing us this, is like he cannot become a real boy. In order for him to become a real boy, he has to truly listen to his conscience. And so in the end, he comes back and he meets up with Jiminy Cricket again, and he begins to listen to that conscience, that voice of God speaking within him that he had deformed so badly that he couldn't hear anymore. And lo and behold, he becomes a true boy in the end. Now, how do we form our conscience? It leads me into the second reading, really, because Christ is the door, as we see in the gospel. He's a door of the sheepfold. But in the second reading, we see that Christ is a model for us and is really through his cross, that he becomes a model, for he has laid down his life. He has not been selfish. He has taken upon suffering that he did not deserve. And he didn't recriminate for that. But he saw there was a higher order, and there was that order of love. There's a higher order. How often do we um, recriminate for suffering, you know, when we go through difficulties, when we go through trials? How often do we recriminate and we cry out? But then even more when we don't deserve what we're going through. When we deserve it, still, to a certain extent, we uh, feel bitter and, and terrible about it. But when we don't deserve it, we cry out all the more. And here in the second reading, it's telling us to follow in the footsteps of Christ. And following in the footsteps of Christ is to lay down our life, to not even recriminate when we suffer in any way even when we don't deserve. To learn to listen to our conscience means to follow in the model of Christ, which is this order of love, in putting God first, truth, therefore, first, goodness, therefore, first, laying down my life for my brother, my sister, forming my conscience so that I could begin to hear the voice of the shepherd, so, if we're going to take anything from this, let us learn to hear that voice, that quiet voice which speaks in the depths of our heart, so that we might respond to the call of God that he has placed upon us. Let us ask for that grace so that we might be faithful. And if we've deformed that voice so we can't hear it anymore, let us reform it through turning to the model of Christ and learning to be selfless in offering of all that we are. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.